Hey there, boils and ghouls. Welcome to this week's episode of Hollow Weekly. Got a little bit of a throwback for you this one. This is kind of a special one to me. I'm going to be honest. You know Alex, if you've listened to the show, I've mentioned Alex before. She's my significant other, my fiance. You know, we just celebrated 10 years uh, yesterday on October 13th, right? Perfect, perfect, perfect spooky season, you know, you know, uh, relationship there. And the way we started talking was by connecting on scary stories to tell in the dark. I mean, if that's the first conversation you have with someone, like, you know, it's destined <laughs> to, to, to be, right? And so a couple years ago, we had this thing going on called Telltale Midnight, where authors would submit their, their short stories and we would premiere them at midnight. And one of the things I liked to do was record the author reading their book and then editing it into like a short radio drama, audio book kind of thing with, you know, music, sound effects, that kind of thing. And The Harvest King was the first one that we did. And I remember I remember when we first started dating reading this and I was like, oh my God, like this needs to be like a, a movie or it would be like the perfect short story in an anthology. I'm telling you, it's got everything. And it's she, 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 the inspiration for it was from Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark, uh, Harold. And if you know who Harold is, he's that creepy ass scarecrow looking thing. He's actually in the film. He's in the beginning of the Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark movie, which I also loved. And um, I don't know. I just, I just think it's kind of like a fun Halloween tradition to, to listen to this. And, and it's, it's an easy listen. Throw it on. Light your Halloween scented candles. Get a nice cup of coffee. Sit back and enjoy this perfect short horror story, The Harvest King. Telltale Midnight presents... A Hollow Weekly production, The Harvest King, by A.V. Grzynski. Harvey, old boy, here to take home the crown again this year, Sheriff Emmett Jacobs asked with a hearty laugh, patting Harvey Hillsinger on the back, nearly knocking the man's cap to the ground. Around them, families picnicked and children played, enjoying the festivities of the annual Harvest Festival of 1883. No doubt, Sheriff, Harvey replied with a nod. Tall, tanned, and muscular from years of working the fields, with a wide smile that stopped just short of his eyes. With the most prosperous farmstead in southern Ohio, Harvey Hillsinger was certain to be named Harvest King for the tenth year in a row. Indeed, Harvey was a model citizen. The sheriff couldn't recall a Sunday when he didn't see Harvey at church with his six children. Betsy, Thomas, Sarah, Will, Ruth, little Johnny, and of course, his pale, pretty wife, Lily. Born the same year, Harvey and Emmett had sat through lessons together in a tiny one-room schoolhouse led by a teacher who was the devil with a ruler. Harvey managed to sweet-talk his way out of lashings, all the while swilling his father's whiskey under the table. Emmett learned to be a quiet, polite little ghost invisible to all, including the object of his affection, fellow ghost Lily, then Shaw. Emmett was the nice boy who deserved sweet, pale-faced Lily, but it was Harvey who claimed her in the end. Emmett attempted to cast off his cloak of invisibility by becoming a man of the law, eventually pinning a sheriff's badge to his chest. No matter, because despite the strong smell of spirits on Harvey Hilsinger's breath, the town loved Harvey most, and Lily loved him most of all. Where's the missus? the sheriff asked. She promised me a fat scarecrow for the garden. Lily had always loved to make things. Each year, she and the children came to the festival with arms full of scarecrows of all shapes, sizes, and personalities. Every year, they left with empty hands and full pockets. 
Lily took so much pride in her work, and this year Emmett wanted a scarecrow all to himself. She's at home, taking care of the little ones, Harvey said with a shrug. Seems they've taken ill. All of them, Sheriff Jacobs said in surprise. His eyes skimmed the area where the town doctor had been picnicking with his wife and children since that morning. Sorry to hear that, Harv. Harvey just nodded his head. The mayor's booming voice suddenly interrupted as he began the ceremony to announce this year's Harvest King. Harvey Hilsinger nodded his goodbyes to Sheriff Jacobs and stepped to the front of the crowd. Sheriff Jacobs wandered over to where Mrs. Hawkins proudly displayed her finest apples covered in caramel, specially for the festival. Each year, Emmett watched Lily purchase one for each child and then one for herself. He knew they were her favorite. Excuse me, the sheriff cleared his throat. I'll take seven, please, Mrs. Hawkins. Ruddy-faced Mrs. Hawkins wrapped the apples without so much as a glance at Emmett, without taking her eyes off the stage, for fear of missing even one ounce of excitement. Oh, I do hope it's Harvey again, she said aloud to no one in particular. That man is the very finest of men. Suppose it could be me this year, Sheriff Jacobs joked. Mrs. Hawkins noticed Emmett then. She looked him up and down, scowled, and turned back to the stage. Harvey told me and Herb that God blessed us with the sweetest and reddest of apples in all the state of Ohio. Emmett frowned at the sharp turn of his own joke and flicked six pennies into Mrs. Hawkins' bucket before taking his bag of apples and lumbering down the hill, away from the ever-predictable Harvest Festival. Emmett knocked three times on the front door of the Hillsinger house before it opened, revealing the oldest daughter, Betsy, face sallow and eyes puffy. Her bloodshot eyes widened slightly at the sight of the town sheriff at the front door of her father's house. Can I help you, Sheriff, she said with a hoarse whisper. Why, hello, Miss Hillsinger. Is your mama available to speak to me, Sheriff said jovially. Betsy shook her head. I'm sorry, but mama's not well. I heard, and I have just the thing, Emmett said, holding up the bag of apples. He noticed how Betsy shifted her weight to block the doorway. I'm sorry, Sheriff, but I, I mean it. We can't have visitors today. Betsy's uneasy stutter set off alarm bells. She moved to close the door, and he blocked her with a heavy boot. Your feet are bloody, he said. I broke a vase, she said. It was a lie, and Emmett knew it. He pushed his way past her, ignoring her pleas for him to leave. Once inside, his guts tangled themselves up in anger. Broken glass on the floor from a smashed-up mirror, tables and furniture upended and downside up, fine china on the floor in pieces. The house was in shambles, and Emmett had a hunch as to who was responsible. What in heaven's name is this all about? His most authoritative sheriff's voice boomed as his boots crunched across the hardwood floors. Please, Sheriff, Papa will be home soon. Betsy tugged at Emmett's shirt sleeve, but Sheriff Jacobs ignored her and climbed the stairs in twos to the second floor of the house. He stepped past several rooms and went directly to the closed door at the far end of the hallway. He knocked once, twice, no reply. Finally, he turned the knob and slowly pushed his way in. Inside the room, her two girls, Sarah and Ruth, clinging to her side, was a very bruised and broken Lily Hilsinger. Her eyes flew open at the sound of his boots creaking across the wood. Girls, get up. Papa's home. He heard her whisper in a voice that sounded very small. Sheriff Jacobs often remembered the time when Lily Hilsinger was Lily Shaw, a lovely girl with a shy smile and pink cheeks that dulled to gray soon after she married Harvey Hilsinger. Sheriff had always thought it was the grain dust from living in a cornfield, now he wasn't so sure. Lily, she snapped to attention at the sound of his voice. Sheriff, you, you can't be here, Lily insisted. She shooed the girls out of the room. Struggling to get out of bed, her hands clutching her bruised ribs. What's going on here? What did he do to you? Sheriff Jacobs tried to help her to her feet, but she knocked his hands away. Everyone, go to your rooms, now. 
Lily shouted at the 12 sets of eyes peering in through the doorway. They disappeared, followed by a chorus of doors slamming. She pushed out the sheriff weakly, but he was much larger and less broken than she, and did not budge. I'm sure this looks very bad, Lily began, but you must understand that I only fell down the stairs and I... No, Lily, he replied, and reached out to touch the faint outline of a purple handprint around Lily's neck. She winced and tried to pull her nightclothes higher to cover her neck. Sheriff sighed. You know I can't let him get away with this. Let who get away with what, Sheriff? A voice said behind him. Lily gasped. The sheriff touched the pistol in his pocket and spun around. In the doorway towered Harvey Hillsinger, his skin jaundiced from too much to drink. A copper crown encircled his contemptible head. What did you do to her? The sheriff asked, puffing up his chest. What are you doing in my house? Came Harvey's reply. In my bedroom. With my wife. Harvey took a step toward the sheriff, and the sheriff couldn't help but feel small and portly in his shadow. Sheriff Jacob slid the pistol out of its holster and pointed it at Harvey's chest. Any closer and I shoot, the sheriff said. You would shoot your harvest king, Harvey Hilsinger said with a smile again. The one that didn't quite stretch to his eyes. I told him, Harvey, I told him that I fell down the stairs that it was an accident, Lily stammered. Quiet, woman, Harvey yelled at her. Lily stopped talking, curling in on herself in fear. She was never yours, Emmett hissed under his breath. The sound of a gunshot. Harvey looked down at a hole in the center of his chest. His eyes locked with the sheriff's, flashing with horror and contempt before they rolled to the back of his head. Harvey Hilsinger was dead before he hit the ground. Harvey, Lily whispered, one of her hands clutching her stomach, the other covering her mouth. They both watched as blood pooled around Harvey's body, the Harvest King crown still clinging to his head. I'm... Emmett trailed off. He wanted to be sorry, but he wasn't. For as long as he lived, he would never be sorry. Lily stared at the body for a long time, a vacant expression on her face. Slowly, her eyes hardened. There's a shovel in the barn, she said so suddenly it startled him. Mrs. Hilsinger, Sheriff Jacobs said, watching her carefully. Lily, she corrected him. I'll take his feet. The children obeyed when Lily told them to stay inside and lock their doors. Together, they dragged Harvey's lifeless body out into the crisp autumn air. Lily and the sheriff, Emmett as she now called him, buried Harvey, crown and all, on top of Hillsinger Hill. Together they tied one of Lily's scarecrows to a wooden post and stuck it into the fresh dirt that covered Harvey's body. Shivering from the cold, Lily stared for a long time at the scarecrow that now marked her dead husband's grave. Emmett removed his overcoat and placed it over her shoulders. What do we tell them? she asked, her gaze shifting to the house. Emmett thought for a long time, his eyes trained on the face of the scarecrow. He couldn't look away from the stitched smile that somehow did not quite reach those black button eyes. He shuddered before he turned to take Lily inside to what was left of her family. That night, the sheriff swallowed two fingers of whiskey before he drifted off to sleep. He was barely dreaming of Lily's smiling face, the pink since returned to her soft apple cheeks as she moved in for a kiss, when a violent pounding shook him from his fantasy. He bolted upright, reached for the still-lit candle beside him, and carried it with him to the door. Kicking his blood-stained shoes out of sight, he twisted the knob and pulled the door open. Only the wind was there to greet him. He stepped outside to look left and then right before shutting the door. No more whiskey before bed, you old fool, he said aloud to himself. And then something strange, the sound of rustling straw, dry against the floorboards. He whirled around, his candle sputtering. 
He let out a cry as a stitched smile and button eyes emerged from the shadows in the flickering light. The candle went out. Emmett screamed himself awake from his nightmare. He relit the candle that had since burned out on his nightstand and wiped at the beads of sweat that gathered at his brow. Emmett vowed that tomorrow he would buy boots that were not stained with Harvey Hilsinger's stale blood. He visited Lily the next afternoon, and for many afternoons after that. Eventually, the town paper printed that after a poor harvest, Harvey Hilsinger had left his farm and his family to be with a woman from the city. This news had come as a direct quote from the sheriff, and so it was without much question that casseroles and condolences were brought to Lily's doorstep. Even after the furor over Harvey's disappearance died down, the sheriff continued to pay Lily visits almost daily to check on her and the children. Brief hello and goodbye visits lengthened into invitations to dinner and conversations that lasted well into the night. Lily and Emmett talked while the youngest children played, and all were too busy enjoying the warmth of a fire in the hearth to notice anything peculiar on the outside looking in. One night, when Emmett left Hilsinger Farmstead quite late, he waved goodbye to a sleepy young Johnny in Lily's arms. He kissed her once on the cheek before shutting the door. As he walked from the house with a bounce in his step, he thought he heard the guttural grunt of a man behind him. He stopped walking and spun around, his hand touching the gun in his holster. No one, save for a smiling scarecrow strung up on a wooden post. He laughed uneasily at his own absurd imagination and continued down the hill toward the path that would take him home. The next morning, the sheriff awoke to a loud knocking on the door. The local grocer's wife stood outside, disheveled in her appearance with a shawl draped haphazardly over her shoulders. Sheriff, she said, breathless, and then pointed a long finger at black smoke rising in the distance. Come quick. Emmett had never ridden his horse as fast or as hard as he did that morning. He arrived at Hilsinger Farmstead in no time at all, and was relieved to find the family safe, though forlorn. Off in the distance, the barn and the silos burned. Emmett dismounted his horse and rushed to a weeping Lily, who now had neither crop to sell nor food to feed her family. Over the next few days, the police force, including a renowned detective from the city, followed Sheriff Jacobs to Hilsinger Farmstead to investigate the source of the fire. Straw, he explained to Lily as they stood together beside the ashes of her livelihood. He picked up a charred stalk of it and held it out to show her, placed all around the outside. Her eyes glistened with unshed tears. Someone did this on purpose, Lily was the only explanation Emmett could give her. Let me come stay for a while, to keep you safe, and the children. She shook her head, her brown eyes as big and shiny as saucers. I can't. He watched her walk by herself back to the house, stayed put until he saw her disappear safely inside. Beside him, Harvey's scarecrow was hoisted to look out over the fields of Helsinger Farmstead. Destroyed, all of it. But why? He looked up at the scarecrow, spat at its feet, below which the body of Harvey Hilsinger lay stinking with decay. You bastard, he said, kicking the scarecrow. It taunted him with its ugly stitched smile and soulless eyes. No doubt you're looking up, loving every second. His eyes traveled down its form, down Harvey's old work clothes stuffed with straw, and that's when he saw it, the work gloves sewn to the ends of the scarecrow's shirt sleeves, charred black. He backed away, tried to shake the thought from his head. He laughed out loud as he walked down the hill to his horse. Emmett did not look back as he mounted his mare, but he was unable to shake the chill that ran up his spine at the thought of those two black button eyes watching as he made his retreat. As fall turned quietly to winter, Sheriff Jacobs' visits to the Hillsinger household stopped completely. His interactions with Lily limited to a brief nod and stiff hello at church on Sundays. 
Her oldest son, Thomas, had managed to help the farmhand scrape by with enough crop to keep the family fed for one more winter. On one particularly cold and lonely night, a loud knocking at Sheriff Jacob's door interrupted him from his reading. Instantly, thoughts of the scarecrow flooded his mind, and with shaking hands he carried his candle to where his pistol lay on the table. He slowly opened the door, his finger on the trigger. Lily, he said as the moonlight filtered in through the doorway, illuminating her round eyes and cheeks pinker than ever from the cold. I've missed you, she said, reaching forward to pull him down for a kiss. He dropped the pistol to the ground and pulled her in tight. They fumbled passionately toward the bed, forgetting the loaded weapon on the ground near the floor, forgetting who or what might be peering in through the windows as they made love. That morning, when they woke in each other's arms, Emmett vowed to marry the widowed Lily once Shaw. He helped her dress for the cold winter morning so that she could return home to her children who would soon wake. He walked her outside to saddle their horses so they could travel together back to Hilsinger Harmstead. Lily giggled as the sheriff stopped them briefly for more kisses before he unlocked the door to the barn. The door swung open, and Lily's laughs abruptly turned to screams. Black blood thickened on every surface of the barn. The floor, the walls, his horse's abandoned saddle. The smell of iron hung so thick in the air that they could almost taste it. Emmett slammed the barn door shut and took a sobbing Lily back inside the house. She screamed and protested. Betsy, Thomas, Sarah, Will, Ruth, little Johnny. He left her locked inside the house and traveled alone to his neighbor's house to borrow a horse. He tried to unhook the memory from his brain, both of their slaughtered mares lying guts spilled on the barn floor. He stopped briefly to expel the contents of his own churning stomach. He rode with Lily back to Hillsinger Farmstead and followed her inside. He confirmed the children were safe, while Lily went from room to room, no doubt scaring them half to death with her shrieking. Do you think someone saw us? she asked Emmett after she was calm enough to speak clearly. Do you think they know? He shook his head, for he did not know for sure. Though silly as they were, he had his suspicions. He stared out the window at Harvey's scarecrow while clutching Lily's trembling form. He ran his head down the length of her hair, shaken free from its coiffure after the frenzied horrors of the morning. Let me take down the scarecrow, he urged. Take it down, she repeated, her laugh almost hysterical. Lily looked out at the scarecrow for a long time before finally nodding her head in agreement. He took her outside with him into the cold where the sunless sky cast the world below in an eerie gray. Emmett approached the scarecrow as though it might reach out and bite him. He wished now that he had his firearm, but his pistol now lay next to his horse with its only bullet lodged in her brain. Thoughts of the dead horses raised a lump in his throat, but he swallowed it down and closed the distance between him and the stuffed figure of a man. Piece by piece, Emmett and Lily threw what was left of Harvey's scarecrow into a roaring hearth fire. Emmett went as far as to chop up and burn the wooden posts on which the scarecrow was hung. He made sure that not even one stalk of straw was left when the fire went out that night. Emmett tucked Lily into bed and kissed her goodbye before letting himself out the front door. He stepped outside into the cold night air, the ground covered in a light dusting of snow. He mounted his neighbor's horse and rode back into town, returning the horse to its stall before he finally retired to his home. A good night's sleep at last. The next morning, Emmett dressed himself in his Sunday best, a little less snug lately thanks to a lovely woman with bright pink cheeks. He walked to church, arriving early so that he might find a seat next to his Lily and her children. But Lily was not there when he arrived, nor was she there when the church bells rang. All through service, he waited anxiously for her to arrive, but she never did. He tried to convince himself that one of the children was sick or that Lily had taken ill after the events of the previous day, when service ended half an eternity later, Sheriff Emmett Jacobs nearly trampled an elderly couple on his way out of the church. 
He passed by his home to pick up his blood-covered pistol from the barn where his horse still lay stiff, but much to his mounting terror, he discovered the pistol was gone. Without bothering to ask, he saddled his neighbor's horse and galloped toward Hillsinger Farmstead. Emmett barely halted the horse before he dismounted. He stumbled up the hill, and as he approached the house, he noticed the front door slightly ajar. He reached to touch the pistol before remembering that he didn't have it. He shouldered the door open wider. It was the eerie quiet that first greeted him upon entering. No sound of children playing, no eldest daughter and her mother rattling pots and pans in the kitchen, no fire in the hearth. He ran up the stairs and burst into Lily's room, slipping in something black and sticky as he entered. He lifted a trembling hand to his face and sobbed at the sight of the fresh blood covering his hand. He grasped the table to find the leverage to lift himself to his feet. His hand touched metal. No, he said aloud. He lifted himself off the ground for a better look. His pistol. He picked up his gun and opened the barrel. One shot left. The wood creaked behind him under the pressure of heavy, dragging footsteps. A foul odor filled his nostrils. Emmett lifted the gun and pulled the trigger. After not seeing Lily Hilsinger and her family at church, Mrs. Hawkins decided to pay Lily a visit. A bag of apples in one hand and an apple pie in the other. The apple harvest was less than ideal this year, but even with a poor harvest, Mr. and Mrs. Hawkins had plenty of apples to spare. Believing it a sin to waste God's gifts, Mrs. Hawkins gave out apples to neighbors whenever possible. And with all the loss the Hillsinger family had suffered this harvest, she wanted to make sure that Lily had not lost her faith. As her mother always used to say, a good apple pie could restore the faith in the most stubborn of unbelievers. As she walked through the field that led to Hillsinger Hill, she noticed something unusual. Seven new scarecrows scattered across the fields of Hillsinger Farmstead. Scarecrows? This time of year, she thought to herself, pulling her shawl tighter around her for warmth. She passed the nearest scarecrow and nearly tripped over something lying at its feet. Mrs. Hawkins turned around to scold whatever object dare trip her. She looked down. A gun. And next to it, if only a scream could raise the dead. She forgot the apples, dropped the pie, and ran. At the feet of the scarecrow lay Sheriff Emmett Jacobs, a gaping hole where the back of his head should be. Above him, nailed to a post, was the maimed and mangled body of Lily Hilsinger, a horrible grimace on her blood-spattered face. At the top of the hill, looking out over the seven bloodied scarecrows, hung the decomposing corpse of Harvey Hilsinger, his grotesque smile just within reach of his hollowed-out eyes, his Harvest King crown secured firmly atop his head. We hope you enjoyed this original production of The Harvest King. Presented by Telltale Midnight, produced by Hollow Weekly, copyright 2017 by A.B. Krasinski.